Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Winchester Radio. Tonight we have a guest, um, and since we have a guest, we will not take calling questions, but if you do have a question for Lindsay McKeon, who plays Tessa the Reaper on Supernatural in several episodes, uh, please tweet them to us uh, at Winchester Rose, if you haven't already. Uh, <laughs> hi, Lindsay. Welcome to the podcast. We're glad you're here. Hi. Thank you, everybody. So glad to be here. We're very thrilled to have you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. I can't wait to answer these questions. <laughs> okay, well, well go, go ahead, ahead, Susan. Um, I, I was, my, my I was first say question, it was, it, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you go. <laughs> okay, well. No, I you. <laughs> I was just going to ask, you know, you started uh, with Supernatural way back in season two, and here it is. You know, you were in their ninth season. Uh, when you were first cast as Tessa, what were you told about the role? Oh, my gosh. Do you think I could even remember that far back, backwards <laughs> in time? <laughs> I don't even know. The only thing I remember is uh, being talked to by the director of the episode and having him bring Jensen and I together for the first time in the trailer uh, just to read lines and discuss some of the character uh, uh, plots and what he had planned for us. Um, But honestly, that was about the only thing I remember. And I had, nobody had any idea it was obviously going to go on for this long. And I had no idea that Tessa would ever come back, let alone four times and, you know, eight, nine years later. Yeah, Um, it's crazy coming back, you know, going from, you know, kind of a small role in season two to recurring, you know, this many times. It's really, really cool. Yeah, and right, I'm the only, I'm death's right-hand woman, I guess, right? And the only female Mm -hmm. one. I think that's fantastic. I think that says a lot about Tessa. Mm-hmm. Um, the you said when you uh, were first cast, you were um, doing lines with Jensen and the director, and I see that was Kim Manners. Yes, exactly. Just who's who is really really special to Supernatural fans. I mean, he was an amazing director of many shows, not just Supernatural. And of course, he he since passed away, and everybody really misses he him. He did. So, oh God, I'm so sorry. No, I had no idea. Did he? Sorry, guys, for the downer. Did he get I sick? Away from lung cancer. Oh wow! I, I am so sorry. No, I mean that. I had no idea. So sorry to do that on the radio. God bless him and his soul. Um, that was mind-boggling. Happens happens all the time. Unfortunately. Yes. When people are yeah. so young, too, it's like, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely gone too soon for Kim. Yeah. Um, Enjoy your lives, he, guys, moment by moment. So tenuous. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and they still use, like, they still talk about Kim and talk about his 
you know, work work philosophies and yeah, yeah. He's such a director of many shows, like I used to watch X Files as well and he directed that. But do you right. you know, recall anything about him as a director? Or person anything in particular? In oh my not necessarily. I just remember he was such a sweetheart. Um and he was just very involved. Uh, you know, I, he cared. He cared about the characters, and he cared about uh, Tessa's relationship with Dean and making sure we got together so that we could feel each other out and we could hear what he had to offer us about the characters. Um, and granted, it was, you know, season two, and it was still new, but and Tessa was a new character, um, and maybe now they just have a little more faith in me that I know what I'm doing every time I come there, but uh, he definitely was very involved in that beginning process and the beginning stages of my character, and I'm sure the other characters as well. Um, I was, mm-hmm. was going to... Um, Susan, did you have a follow-up to that? No? Okay. I was wanting no. to ask... Um, how different was it coming back to Supernatural? You know, you you were first in the second, and then you came back in the fourth, in the sixth, in the ninth season. Um, each time was, you know, was it like you never left, or how was it like coming back after, you know, all these different periods of time? Um, yes, I'd say in a way it's like I never left, but at the same time I feel as I've grown in those, I don't know what it is, seven, eight years of my life, um, so has the character. So it's interesting because, uh, I mean, a couple times with One Tree Hill I had that as well where there were a few years in between before my character came back. So the evolution of me as a human being and me as a character becomes so great because it's not, you know, it's not like being a baby when you see them every day, every day, every day. You don't see how they grow, but you see them like, every six months, and you're like, oh, my God, they're huge, and they're walking. How do they do this? Um, so that's sort of how I feel going back to these shows uh, with such long intervals in between. Um, but as far as the relationships between me and Jensen or just being on set with the entire crew goes, it feels like no time has passed at all. Um, and we just sort of go right back into having fun, playing around, catching up. And I was like, oh, now you have a baby? Oh, I got married? Oh, wow, cool. <laughs> like, look at <laughs> us, we're all growing up. <laughs> and I read that you and Jensen had known each other back from when he used to work on Days of Our Lives and you were on another show at the same time on the same lot or yeah, I was on Save by the Bell, the new class, and we were both on the NBC lot, and she was friends with another actress on Save by the Bell, and I remember, you know, meeting him all of those years ago, uh, and then just bizarrely, we've just, you know, stayed in each other's lives somehow through mutual friends or whatever, and now through this show, and it really is pretty much every couple years we see each other and it's like oh we're just we're supposed to catch up or something (laughs) we're like every couple years friends I wanted to um, talk with you about your first episode in my time of dying which I 
it's a huge fan favorite. Everybody mm-hmm. just loves that episode. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about filming that episode? You know, you were basically the only person that Dean could communicate in that, with in that episode. So mm-hmm. what, what was it like filming that episode? So, well, there were so many things mixed in. It, it was interesting because it felt so, so touching in a way, Tessa's relationship with Dean um, and how she, she first appears to him and appears soft and in this form that, that he can handle and, and won't be too, uh, you know, harsh for him. Um, and then just being where we were, we were shooting at some old hospital um, that was unused, and I think it was a mental hospital, and it was huge up in Vancouver. Uh, and just the creepiness factor alone of, you know, I'm I'm weird, and when I'm in these places, I love to use them. This is why I love being an actress. But I would, you know, walk down to these rooms that didn't have anybody in them, and the crew was far off in another area. And just the feeling you would get when you would walk into some of these places and the things that you can imagine happening in the 60s and 70s in a mental institution um, and that sort of spine-chilling feeling was was such an intense place to be in and, and very cool but um, fun to explore. And then was that the one when I also had the contacts Yes, yes. That was the first one, right? Yes. For you guys, yes. I mean, all the fans have definitely seen the the outtakes from that. Um, that was just a silly, ridiculous day. It was my first time ever having contacts in, and and ones that were completely unsee through. I mean, walking around basically blind, and they had to put a, a sandbag behind me to even recognize where I was supposed to be and when I was supposed to touch Jensen's face. And, I mean, I don't even know how many takes we ended up doing, but I couldn't find his face for the life of me. <laughs> that gag reel moment. I think it's one of everybody's favorites. <laughs> yeah. Like, where it's are a classic. you? <laughs> <laughs> and nowadays, yeah. you know, they just CGI in the eye color. So it's like, right. like you know, I'm sure you're thinking, why couldn't they have done that then? <laughs> I know, it's so much easier. But then you'd have missed out on that at that moment, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and in that episode, you, you're you playing Tessa the Reaper, and then you have to play the yellow-eyed demon, another right. character. So, so Correct. I mean, ha- yeah, so that was a little cool. bit... Yeah, because like Tessa how, how did you go from Tessa since. to him? Sorry? I said that that was kind of cool because Tessa hasn't done that since. I mean, we haven't seen her do that on Supernatural since. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of a neat thing. I mean, I vaguely remember it, so I don't know how huge the transition was. But, I mean, I remember my line with the yellow eyes, too, and I wanted to do um, one of those, like, Here's Johnny type of moment <laughs> because the line so lended itself towards that and when I when I read it I just I heard Jack Nicholson. I was like, Oh my god, this is amazing and that was one of the things Kim was like, No, no, don't do it like that and I was like Shucks 
I really wanted to be Jack Nicholson for a second and have a big old Joker <laughs> smile on my face. <laughs> well, that, that's that the line. Super evil. Yeah, the line, um, today's your lucky day, kid, is one of right. my all-time favorite reading of lines in Supernatural. I just, really? I just love it. Yeah, I just, I just love it because it's so different and such a, such a switch, mm-hmm. and you know what's happened to her and what's happening with the deal. It was just, it's just a great moment and a great line reading. I just love it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, if I had my druthers, it would have been more of a, like, today's your lucky day, kid. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been too much, but <laughs> I tried. Uh, we have a question from Twitter. Um I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce this. It's R-A underscore C-R-A-I-K. Um, their question is, they want to know if Jared and Jensen have ever made you a victim of their pranks. No, you know, people have asked me that before as well. What kind of pranks do they pull on people? Because I'm terrified to go back there again now. <laughs> uh, they've never played pranks on me. There's a lot of jokes definitely being had, but... Um, no pranks, no actual physical pranks. I think it's probably a good thing that you're not Misha because apparently they've they've just focused all their pranking on Misha the last few years. So <laughs> they do. I hear they give him a very very hard time. <laughs> Poor Misha. He's <laughs> uh, given them this? something to do while they're up there. Just pick on Misha. I know the last episode um, there that you were in on um, Stairway to Heaven, they pretty much tortured him, I've, I heard, in one scene. Did you see um, when they were filming that scene? No. Uh, where, where, okay. As we heard, there was a scene where they would basically not let Misha get his lines out. They were kept bugging him and bugging him and bugging him so much. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. I wish they would do that to me. <laughs> so, there's always a chance Tessa will come back because then on Supernatural is just a just a passing moment. Exactly. <laughs> it seems. Yeah. Plus, she's not a character? human. So, what does death mean to a reaper? Exactly. Exactly. And we really, you know, we really don't know that much about the Mark of Cain and how that first blade works, and mm. we know how the biblical mythology, but we don't know how it works with the supernatural mythology, so you never know. You never know. (laughs) I wonder what Tessa's Tessa's boss, Death, would have to say about all this. I know. Where is he? Yeah, where is he? Where is that man? (laughs) He's over on Orphan Black right now, I think. Is he? (laughs) There other people? Uh, Ali B. Supernova from um, Twitter wants to know, what do you th- how do you think um, Tessa has grown as a character over your multiple appearances, and what has what lessons has she learned? What was the first question? I didn't understand. How do you think Tessa has grown as a character? Grown, got it. Um, as a character, I think she has become even stronger 
and wiser than she was in the beginning. Uh, I just see her as a force to be reckoned with now uh, and someone, you know, well, there's been such an evolution. Someone who at first was just doing her job and, and coming in and doing things that she was supposed to do and then stepping it up and I don't know if she became later or if she was always Dust's right-hand reaper, but I think, I feel like she became it later. Like she almost graduated, became Dust's right-hand reaper um, uh, because she was, she had sort of learned all of this, all of this knowledge and could almost dole it out as Death could and was as close as close to Death as she could get without actually being him. Um, but then in this last one, seeing her uh, sort of split off and go rogue and, and everything completely shift in her world and perhaps even questioning her job and why, not not why she's doing what she's doing, but that the whole world can sort of go awry and the natural order can become confused. Um, I think we got to see such a big shift in her that maybe made her question a lot of things. So one thing I think she just took for granted for a while has now completely shifted and we don't actually know where she will end up or what she will, she will now see or come into as a character. And uh, along those same lines, uh, another question from Ra underscore, he he told me how to pronounce it. He tweeted to us at um, Ake with CR in front of it. So Ra underscore Crake wants to know, said, um, Tessa said she wasn't strong enough to kill herself, but what changed to allow her to uh, run herself onto Dean's blade? I think at that time it was the only option for her. It was kind of a split-second decision. It was her only way out. I think if she'd have stayed any longer and the next thing was that Dean was torturing her or Dean was out of the room and the angels came back, um, they wouldn't let him back into the room with her and she would be stuck back with the angels in angel prison or, you know, wherever they decided to put Tessa indefinitely while she was still suffering and in this pain and hearing what she was hearing and experiencing what she was experiencing and there would have been no end in sight for her and no way out. So I think in that moment she quickly recognized that and did, you know, the fastest thing possible. It was this, the scene where you're explaining to Dean about hearing the voices screaming. That was just such an amazing, heartbreaking scene. I, I just, it was probably one of the best scenes in that episode. It was really, really good. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you so much. I did a lot of work on it, and I wanted it to be that important, and I wanted people to be able to feel that. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It, it was. And I, we hated mm-hmm. We just hated to see you go (laughs) yeah I hated to go as much as I loved it I hated it (laughs) yeah I mean you know it was it was a big dramatic end but I would 
I think we would have rather had it not end just just yet. So yes, maybe. I mean, that's a that's a very difficult and, and scary mindset for Tessa to have that she's so driven to desperation that she can't she can't do her job, and it's it's more right. than a job to her. It's what she does and who she is. Yeah, it's her life. I mean, it's how she knows, and now everything has been turned upside down. Yeah, I mean, did you do any research or just think about how you? I mean, I always, um, I always work with a coach, and I, and I can't tell you how many times I, you know, read the scene, mull it over, rehearse it different ways, uh, think about it. I just feel it in different ways until it lives and breathes inside of me, and I have my own way of, um, you know, applying what means something and what is important to me to uh, put that sort of imprint underneath the words and use the words to say the thing that I'm really saying as me as Lindsay, um, but I'm using the character and the character's words to say it and to speak it. So there are a lot of, you know, lost souls, not only in the world, but in my own life that I know of uh, that are in pain, and it does cause me tremendous pain at times to see and experience what they're going through. So for me, I can just use that application of, my God, I wish life could be better for these people, and uh, I'm... I'm pleading that I can help and I am I'm at you know nature's mercy right now and I can do nothing and it fucking sucks excuse my language but it really does especially when you have the tools to see how somebody could help and and you can't do anything and you just have to watch them suffer it's it is painful for both sides um so so, yeah, I mean, I find where I'm connected in my own life and I, I use the words of the character to knock it home and it, it not only hits the character and all of you, but it hits me too. So that's why acting is so exciting and enticing for me. It changes mm-hmm. my life. Hopefully it changes yours while you watch it. Definitely. Yes. Paragamos um, <laughs> Audios from Twitter wanted to know if you could have chosen a different end for Tessa, if any end, what and when would it have been? Mm, Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I don't, you know, she, I've always said she's one of my favorite characters, so I don't see an end for her. I mean, she may end... Uh, on television or on an episode, but for me, I I feel her and I feel so connected to her that I truly don't see an end for her. Um, there have definitely been other characters that I've done in other shows or films where it's, you know, once I'm done, I'm done, and I don't ever feel like I could go back there, but I feel like Tessa is honestly a living, breathing entity that I don't think she does die, so I don't see an end mm. for her. Again, death, I mean, it's 
if she's Steph's right-hand man, and he he said once that he would reap God. So he's very, very powerful. I think if you were not, if, if this character was not meant to have this happen to Tessa, that Death would be able to do something about it. Like, I think he'd be pretty angry. So, angry with Tessa, little, you mean? Uh, no, not with Tessa, with the fact that Metatron and everything this oh, had God. happened to bring her to this point and, and all that. And also, it's it's still a little confusing to us that Reapers are angels. So I know, so how I know that what the lines in. are and what they've written. I know, you know, if you look online or, like, not biblically, but in stories, Reapers are angels of death. So in some form or another, they are an angel, just a different kind of angel. They have a different message to bring. It's the message of death. Um, but as far as this show goes, I can't completely answer that question because, you know, that's up to the writers and mm. how they write it. So I think that they are mm. all in a different dimension that that is not necessarily the human dimension. So in that way, in that realm, they might all be connected, um, even mm-hmm. though they have different jobs and different duties. Mhm. Yeah. It makes it makes sense. Yeah. It's just it was a little. It was just different. A little bit of. A I know it threw everybody okay. through a loop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time Tessa yeah. comes back, she's something a little bit different. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. In the beginning, they said she's uh, Tessa, a reaper, um, and then. She was Tessa again, and then she was Death's right-hand Reaper. In the beginning, I think they thought that I thought I was Death. And then for the third episode, I came back as Death's right-hand Reaper. So I was like, oh, I'm not Death. He's Death. Um, (laughs) And then the fourth one, you know, I'm an angel Reaper. So who knows what will happen for the fifth? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. <laughs> what will Tessa be now? <laughs> um, uh, go I, ahead. No, no, go ahead. Um, I was just going to ask about when um, when you were asked back for Death Takes a Holiday, which I'm so proud of myself, first of all, that I remember the name, because I always call it Reapers on Vacation. Um, <laughs> when, when you were asked back for that episode, uh, were you surprised? You know, it's been two years, you know, since you were on the show. Is Which one was Death Takes a Holiday? Uh, With, season four, the first one back after um, your first, with, you're basically your right. second episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure I was shocked. Uh, I feel like every time they call, I'm shocked. But at the same time, it's almost like divine timing. It's it's just perfectly appropriate. So as shocking as it is, it also makes sense. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, two years, three years on the dot. Right. I I had a feeling you'd be calling now. <laughs> I needed this. See you in Vancouver. Cool. Um, over, over Tessa's 
episodes, it always seems to me that she has a special relationship with Dean. She has a little mm-hmm. bit of a thing for him almost. And I wonder if <laughs> if that if that if if that was in the script or is it something that maybe you and Jensen talked about? Or? No, we've never we've never spoken about it. Um, I just think that we're both in a way evenly matched individuals. So I feel like they're they're fighting for different causes, but they're both very similar in how strong they believe in something and how right they think they are. And so as much as they butt heads because they're fighting for different teams, um, they have a mutual like and respect and understanding for one another. So it's, you know, even if you have an arch nemesis, there's something about them, as much as it gets under your skin, there's something about them that kind of makes you want to just laugh sometimes. And it's like, wow, you're really challenging me and playing playing this game well with me. I I kind of hate you, but at the same time, I really admire you. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> well, it, it's working. There's some... There's a really cool chemistry there. I, I really like it. Yeah. I mean, even just going up there and, you know, the way Jensen and I speak to one another is, it is very fun and a, and a back and forth and a, a playful, like, butting heads, you know? And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way I, I love to be able to play with my friends anyway. So it's it's cool when you get people who are strong enough to handle it and don't take offense to it. Um, or who aren't aren't really sensitive and know, you know, we're playing. So I think it, that mm-hmm. comes across in our characters as well. I I have to say that my favorite episode I think that you've done uh, was Appointment in Samara, where Dean wore the ring and he was best for the day. Um, but my favorite scene is from. Reapers on vacation, take the holiday, um, <laughs> where um, Tessa basically, um, she reaps coal. Um, Tessa mm-hmm. basically absorbs Cole's soul. I just, I thought that was such a beautiful scene. Um, you're, she was wearing a white dress, which is different than anything we've mm-hmm. seen Tessa wear. And I just thought it was just really shot beautifully and acted beautifully. It was a very beautiful scene. Thank you. Yeah, I know they wanted that to be very different in the white dress because, you know, white dresses are pure and virginal and go to the white light, all of that, and very different from Tessa's normal attire. Um, And, yeah, it was such a a sweet scene, and you get to see such a, like, a sweet side of death. And I think that's one of the things I appreciate most about this character is it's not, you know, ah, death is coming, you're so scared. Um, like no, you may be scared, but but this is a natural event, and it's not terrifying. And I'm I'm here to lovingly take you to the other side. Uh, yeah, and it, it played beautifully. It was is oh, it's like a calming. It, you know, it was, it was it, yeah. 
that's mm-hmm. the best way word I can come up with. It was like a very calming scene. It made you feel not so, like you said, not so scary about it. And right. I, I really, really appreciated that. Aw, thank you. <laughs> well, you know, people have near-death experiences all the time when they go to the other side. And, I mean, I don't hear too many story, stories that are horror stories about it. It's, it's more of a, oh, my gosh, it felt so wonderful and I felt embraced and and loved and and all of these incredible things and my family was there or there was light and so I really it's important to me and they write it this way which is fantastic to bring that to this character because it, it's not all scary things you know I mean yes our world has made us afraid of death but death is something that happens to everybody so I don't understand why we're so afraid of it um, and people say we go to a wonderful place, I'm sure we must go, you know, it can't be all bad if we're all doing it. So for me to be able to, like, relieve some of people's anxiety about it and say, hey, it's not that bad. You're supported as you go. You're not alone. You don't know me yet, but I'm here. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that's a fantastic thing. Yeah. Do you have a favorite episode or a favorite scene? Um, uh, the last two episodes were definitely my favorite. Um, I I just like where I am now as a person and, and the awarenesses and the things that I, I know and have accumulated over these years. So to be able to bring that to the character in these scenes is you know, phenomenal for me and really exciting. And um, the last one was just so cool because I got to, I got to sort of school Dean. Um, I mean, the one before this one, sorry. Um, but just, you know, it, it, in his mind, he was so right. And it's like, you, you know, you don't kill a kid and you don't do this. And I have feelings and I'm a human with emotions. And he just, why are you killing people? And for Tessa to be able to come in and say, it, it's not that simple and you cannot be ruled by emotion. There is more going on here and you want to recognize it? Here, be death for a day and you'll see the repercussions of not following nature's law. So for me, that was really cool. And it's funny because people were, they were like, you were so you were so mean to him or <laughs> like I don't think she was mean to him. I think she was like a mother to a child saying, you can't have that candy. It's going to give you cavities. If you keep <laughs> eating candy, you're going to get cavities. I have to take it away from you. I mean, you know, it's like a gentle spanking. Um, and then this, this last one was just by far my favorite because, You've never seen, we've never seen Tessa have that much emotion and the, uh, almost human-like emotion and circumstances that she felt stuck in. So so for me, that was really wonderful experience to be able to show the softer side to her, to angels, to reapers. Um, but at the same time, to still have those scenes with the feistiness and... Um, where I'm still fighting for what I think is right and telling, you know, the people in front of me, you don't understand. I mean, 
you know, the lines where I'm like, you can't handle this. You're too weak. You could never kill yourself. You could never take on this job. Um, for me, that was just really fantastic. And to see it later and and see, you know, from the inside out, I feel like I'm just a, 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 a spiritual person and this energy force believing in what I'm talking about. But then I watch the show from the outside and I look at myself and I'm like, holy shit, she's like, she's evil. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't feel like I'm evil when I'm in the character, you know, telling them what I'm telling them. It just, when I watch it from the outside, it's, it's such a different experience. And to me, that's fascinating. Yeah, I never thought of Tessa as evil. Um, Good. Just basically she's doing her job. It might not be a job that we like, but she's right. doing her job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good. <laughs> you get it then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think... And also for a character who, like, you know, has only been in, what, four? Was it just four episodes? Mm-hmm. Um, you, it was a great character arc. I mean, you know, from, you know, from In My Time of Dying to your last episode, I mean, we did see all the changes in Tessa and, her, and, and how she ended up dying and everything she went through. I thought, it, you know, to be a, just a, a recurring character had a wonderful, wonderful character arc. I agree. That's what I'm saying. Every time they would call, it it was so appropriate. Uh, even though it was shocking, it was so appropriate to my life. It's, it's almost like when I have these big shifts in me, Lindsay's life, um, they, they would call. So it, it even happened a couple times with One Tree Hill. Um, it's just so interesting, these recurring characters, which is, you know, it seems so random that they call, but at the same time it's so not because it's it's every time I have some big shift in my life, you know, the phone rings and they write something very new for my character. Hmm. Well, next time there's a life shift, maybe the phone will ring and it'll be supernatural and we'll say... <laughs> All right. Come back, Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) I remember Tessa has transcended. She's enlightened. Come back and show us this. (laughs) I remember back when I I think it was appointment in Samara, the one where Jean discovered it. I remember what. What happened? I remember back when the episode was filming where Dean was, was deaf for a day and it was filming and there were spoilers coming out from people who had seen you filming and everything. It was like, oh, that's awesome. I can't wait. Yay, Tess is back. You know, I remember being <laughs> very excited about that. Mm-hmm. So now I'll, I'll be looking forward to hopefully spoilers where you're coming back again in the future. So I know. Yeah. That would be exciting. <laughs> Now I'm going to get a little. Tessa's with here. Dean on the other side, in the demon side. There you go. Ooh, I right? like that. I like they are that. both on the dark side now. <laughs> that would be oh, very that would interesting. Be, that would be. 
Oh, now, now you've got me thinking. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> Think and put put your hands pen to paper or whatever they say. <laughs> right, right. You know, mm-hmm. if writers start listening, this is a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Mwah, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you want to start a war, Cassia? <laughs> there you go. Oh, perfect. See, this is good. <laughs> You've messed with the wrong angel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that would be awesome. Mm. Putting uh, it out there. We've got to put it out there. Right. Put it out mm-hmm. in the universe, maybe. Maybe it'll get picked up. Exactly. Now, I do want to get a little girly for a moment and say, today I was watching all of your episodes to get uh, ready for the podcast, and I loved all of your different hairstyles. You went from short (laughs) to medium to long. You know, I I just loved it. (laughs) That's funny. Thank goodness they, they allow me to not, you know, cut or grow my hair each time and um, every other time I've gone up there they have colored my hair darker uh, mm-hmm. but this time I actually had dark hair even though it was a dark red almost color um, but I got to keep my own color and my own cut this time which I was very grateful for <laughs> <laughs> I could never go blonde because it would be so difficult to come in the show and have my black hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tessa Girl problem. great, Tessa's sense of style, the way she was dressed. I just loved her clothing. Yeah, I really liked this time, too, and they let me, you know, have a darker eye makeup and eyeliner, and uh, even the makeup artist said, I got the go-ahead. They want Tessa to be edgy, um, and they even wanted Tessa to have, like, dark dark makeup circles under her eyes. She's like, we're not going to do that for you, but <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> I don't think she does any really awful dark eye makeup underneath her eyes. Um, but, a, you know, a more smoldering, badder look. Tessa has gone <laughs> to the dark side. <laughs> She's insane and lost her mind. <laughs> oh, Tessa. Oh, Tessa. <laughs> oh, Tessa. Oh, Tessa. She's so much fun. Mm. Now, um, this may just be me and my dumbness. I don't know. But I was, I, I've, I'm still confused. The Castiel that was talking to um, Tessa and got her convinced to, you know, go to the dark cell like she was, was, well, are we supposed to think that was actually um, Metatron. Metatron? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I think that was the whole thing with him in the mirror with the coat. Uh huh. Right. Right. You know, I'm trying it on for size. Will it? Will it work? Will people believe I'm Castiel? And apparently, we did. I don't know how we <laughs> did it, but he did it, and we were duped. Yeah, you don't really see that much of a resemblance between Curtis and Misha. You know, <laughs> no. no, must have been some angel magic he was using there. Right. Little angel, yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, Stairway to Heaven was directed by Guy B, and he's been on our podcast a few times. We we love him. He's one of our favorite guests. So so he's a tell sweetheart. us a story about 
to say, tell us a story about Guy B directing. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if there were any crazy stories. He's just a, a really, really, really good guy. Um, very sweet, sort of allows us to do our own things. But uh, when it came to the emotional scene with Tessa, it was, it was cool because he came up to me and She's like, how how were you wanting to play the scene? What were you thinking? And and I said, well, I I wanted to show her with more human like emotion in this place. And he's like, good, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, I was like, great, I'm so glad we're on the same page with this. Um, just if you'll allow me, you know, a couple different takes to do it because they work so quickly on this show. They've got it down to you know, a, a science now after all of these years and, and maybe one or two takes and they're done. Um, so you've really got to be on top of it and and do what you want with the scene quickly because, you know, they don't have many takes to do it. You're not doing 5, 10, 15. Um, so I was incredibly grateful. I said, just give me, you know, a few, a couple more than two takes to, to get into the emotionality of this scene and and he did so I was really grateful for that um, and he was very cute because at the end you know he he thanked me and he was like I'm gonna I'm gonna find you <laughs> I was like what do you mean <laughs> how are you gonna find me he's like I have casting directors and I'm gonna find you <laughs> well thanks guy you've been great too. <laughs> Um, you know, in this in this business, you just want to work with good people, and and you make friends, and and you find people that can do a good job, and you want to work with them again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, like Susan said, Guy is like uh, we call him our Hall of Famer. He's been on our podcast more than anybody, so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then I'm glad I didn't say anything bad, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wanted to ask you, I'm sure you've heard of the Supernatural Convention. No, never. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We would would love for you to, you know, come to conventions. Have you been, are you interested in that or? I'm Definitely interested in that. I've done one in uh, Birmingham, United Kingdom, before. That was a couple of years ago. Since then, I have not done another. Uh, you know, I think I need a convention agent uh, to really sort of discuss with these people and get me into them. I also know they have a lot more, a lot more men at the events than women. Is that correct? It tends to go that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it, it's a little bit more difficult, but um, we're working on it. Uh, well, and hopefully, yeah. We we can start. We can tweet to Creation Entertainment and tell you know all the all the Tessa fans and let them know that we would love to see you there. It helps. Exactly. Lauren Tom, <laughs> Lauren mm-hmm. Tom uh, was on our podcast and said she would like to go, and we tweeted. Uh, all of our listeners, everybody, we tweeted creation, and now she's going to the one in August. So perfect, do that. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> possibly going to the one in at the end of October 
um, in Liverpool, the Salt and Burn. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We haven't confirmed that one yet, though. So, But, yeah, if you guys want to tweet, that would be wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, be. So they are a lot of fun. They oh, are a great time. I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd be a so great guest, definitely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh, hugs, lots of pictures, lots of crazy yeah. stories, and <laughs> good times. Yeah. And I, how do you feel about karaoke? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. You don't want to hear me karaoke. Well, there's a a big karaoke event, usually Friday nights at those conventions, and many Uh guests come and sing and do things, and it's it's really fantastic. It's a big party and and lots of fun. So I I hope you like karaoke. (laughs) Uh -uh. I hope there are good singers. Oh man, yeah, I could get up there, but you probably wouldn't want me to. I was actually thinking about taking taking a singing lesson or two. So if I get uh, one of these things, I'll have to take it before I go. The good thing is Richard Spate, um, who plays the trickster Gabriel in Supernatural, and Matt Cohen, who plays the young John Winchester, they are they're usually the masters of ceremonies for the convention, and they run the karaoke. So usually they get the crowd going, and they're louder than the actual singers, so you wouldn't have to worry. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I think it's more about enthusiasm and fun than than, like, singing really good <laughs> singers. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there's there's definitely some, some good singers, but it's more just like, you know, it's just fun. You know, there's good, just yeah. get out there, have a good time, everybody sing together, everybody dance and there's usually a costume theme. Um Oh cool. Uh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. The uh Richard and Matt did did uh cheerleader and coach. Oh no. And, <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, <laughs> that word, truly. Yeah, and I think uh, it's the eighties, Becky. I think it's the eighties, like eighties movies. Yeah, yeah, it's eighties right now. They're they're playing off of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And it's Richard and Matt's Excellent Adventure. So they're mm-hmm. playing off of that. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> very very fun. Hmm. And off topic, but I just had to ask you about your Veronica Mars episodes. Huge, both of us, Susan and I, are both huge fans of Veronica Mars. Um, can you tell us about yes. working on that show? You read my mind. Oh man, that was uh, well, it was a couple years back. Um, uh, that was a lot of fun. That was we shot in San Diego. Uh, I mean, it was just interesting. It was, you know, Kristen before she was huge and famous and she was on the cult show, but everybody kind of had an inkling that she was going to go somewhere and it was going somewhere. Um, And then I remember doing a scene and being on the show with Paul Rudd and it was, I mean, Paul Rudd has been around forever, but it was before, I feel like he's really blown up too. So it was even before that, so... And Army, <laughs> Army is now famous too. Um, 
So I don't know. It was just such such a neat thing seeing uh, working with these people and then seeing their careers take off afterwards is, is always uh, fun, and you feel so much enthusiasm for them. Um, and and Paul's just sort of a, a comedic genius, and Kristen is just such a cool girl to be around. Um, she just made uh, you know my guest appearance. Um, and being there with Army as well. So we were just put at ease, and, you know, she would bring us into her trailer and was just a very good, sweet, fun girl. Um, It's always great when you get to work with such easygoing people. Uh, Not, obviously not everybody in the business is that way, so when you get to be around those kind of people who are, you know, have their own shows, who are stars in their own right, and, and you're there for a day, a week, two weeks, and they make you feel at home um, is such a nice feeling. And, you know, the movie uh, was that they, um, the Kickstarter and the movie that they did Mm -hmm. was pretty successful. There's, you know, talk of maybe bringing it back in some form or another. Wow. You know, yeah, it would be awesome to see your character back. There were so many brought back in the movie that I wasn't expecting, so it'd be great to see you maybe come back in whatever form they bring it back on. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be it's really, really cool. neat. Mm-hmm. That's the movie. I would love to work I, with her again. And I, I'm behind so but feel free to spoil me um i see that you did an episode of drop dead diva which is another great show <laughs> you have on all these so like many good cult shows. tv shows <laughs> you, you're you're on all my favorite shows <laughs> yay that's I'm you. <laughs> yeah i see you're on house too which was one of my favorite shows <laughs> Yeah, that was a really great show. And Olivia Wilde was on it back when I did that episode as well. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And I had no idea before I worked on it that Hugh Laurie was really English or British. Oh, um, oh yeah. So working yeah. with him, hearing his accent, I had to do a double take. I, I had no idea. I was like, wait. <laughs> I thought you were American, and now you're speaking with an accent. This is so confusing. Uh, who are you? But, no, that was that was a great show to be a part of because it was a really really good show. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, he's wonderful. I remember him from Blackadder, which is like a very very funny, typically British comedy from actually a while ago. But and Rowan Atkinson, so. I mean, I don't know if you like comedies or British comedy, but if I do, you work with you, it might be fun to see that one. Girl. Yeah. Sorry? I said I do. I definitely do. But I was, uh, my show, my British comedy comedy show was at that. Absolutely fabulous. Oh, oh yeah. I remember that, remember one. that, that one. That was a good one. That <laughs> <laughs> was just nuts fun with those ladies. <laughs> And I also want, do you have any, uh, what what projects are you working on right now? Um, I have a few different ones coming out. Uh, a horror film called Indigenous. 
that will be coming out shortly. I'm not sure if it will be in theaters yet or if it is going to be a VOD release, um, but that will be coming out soon. And then a comedy called Flock of Dudes uh, that has Chris Delia, Skylar Astin, Ray Liotta, Hilary Duff, Hannah Simone, uh, a huge cast, huge, huge cast. And that one will be a lot of fun. Um, And then I did another comedy, an actual, a pot movie comedy um, with one of the girls from Pitch Perfect and, oh shoot, now I can't remember his name, a Baldwin, Steve, no, I forget which Baldwin (laughs) he is, one of the Baldwins. There's so many of them, I forget. (laughs) And Vern Troyer, so... I'm not sure when that will ever come out, but that is ridiculous fun. Um, and then other things that are in the works, so so we'll see. Very cool. Yeah. Yes, yes. As a fan Daniel of horror movies. Daniel, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it looks. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> So. I'm a fan of horror movies, so I'll definitely be looking for that one. I'll have to keep an eye out on the others as well. Yeah, that mm-hmm. one's about the chupacabra. Have you heard of the chupacabra? Ooh. Yes, and that that's one uh, one monster that we haven't had on Supernatural yet. They've been mentioned, but not had one on it. So, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. See, it's all connected. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Everything comes back to supernatural in one way or another. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Die hard supernatural. <laughs> cool. Cool, ladies. Well, what else? Is there anything else? Well, uh, I have asked all of my questions. What about you, Susan? Um, I did, yes. Fabulous. Great. This has been so much fun. Yeah, yes, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Um, and we, by any chance, really, did we ask a question you hadn't heard yet? <laughs> yeah, there we go. I don't remember. I know I gave different answers, so something was different. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was good. Hopefully the fans mm-hmm. enjoyed. I had a wonderful time. Well, we really, really appreciate you coming on, and it, it's just been a, a fantastic time talking with you, and we're, we really, really hope that some way or another Tessa comes back. And if you do, you're welcome back on our podcast anytime. Thank you, yes. ladies. I would love to. I'd love to come back and talk to you again. You've been wonderful. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. Thank <laughs> you. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Oh, she's just wonderful. I I very much enjoyed talking with her. Yeah, she was great. She was funny. Um, Really, really good. Yeah, that was so funny that she wanted to do that line and in my time of dying as Jack Nicholson. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) I would like to have seen that. I wish they'd, you know, let her film a take of it and put on the gag reel or something that way. Yes, yes. Me too. And I really do hope they find a way to bring Tessa back. I really think either 
like she was saying, maybe to demon because of being killed by the first blade. Or uh-huh. I, I still say death is probably pretty cranky about Metatron messing around with F, with the grand scheme of things. So maybe, I agree. Maybe you'll I be agree. involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And that, you know, being killed by the first blade, and she is a reaper. Um, so who knows, you know, what kind of effects that could have on a reaper. So that would be cool. Yes. Well, it seems to have uh, turned Dean into a demon. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> it definitely has an effect. Um have you thought any more about the season finale, like now that it's been a couple of weeks and you had time to settle? Have, you know, have you thought about it anymore or you're just like, I'm I'm done till October when it comes back? I, I've thought about it, but not in a way of like theorizing new things, just, you know, mm-hmm. that I thought it was a great ending. And I'm really, it made me really want to um, rewatch the season starting from the beginning. So, I mean, not mm-hmm. just the season Series. I'd like to do a complete series rewatch starting from the first episode of season one this summer because I think that would be a lot of fun to see how Dean goes from the beginning to the end, you know. So <laughs> I I know, I know. And I wonder I wonder what Dean as a demon is going to be like because um I was watching happened to be watching that scene again today and then there's been some really gorgeous, heartbreaking videos out about the oh, ending yes, of yes. that episode. They're just they're just killer. They're just they're just mm-hmm. making it worse and worse and worse. Because sometimes I think, you know, you watch it and there's so much going on and there's so much expectations and then if you just take a little time later on and it kinda and you kinda watch it again, it's like you see more and then it's even more heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And just and then just listening to Crowley tell Dean, you know, uh, you know, wake up, Dean, see what I see, you know, feel what I feel. And I'm like, well, what does Crowley see differently, and what does he feel yeah. differently? Yeah. And and what kind of powers is Dean going to have? And are are they going to be even different than what Crowley is expecting because he's become a demon through the first blade? Well, like today, I was, um, you know, in getting ready for Lindsay, I was, you know, rewatching her episodes, and you know, one of them was um, Reapers on Vacation. So that takes a holiday, and <laughs> right. In <laughs> um, that in that episode, we see um, Sam with his demon powers, and then we also see, you know, Sam and Dean are ghosts, so you know they mm-hmm. have ghost powers. So watching that, um, the first thing I was like, "Oh, I miss, I miss Sam's demon powers. Those were good times. I miss those." And then thinking mm. of you know, seeing um, especially in the scene where um, Alistair is shooting them with the salt gun, and they pop out and they mm-hmm. disappear. And you know, they would show up here and there when they're fighting that one guy. They would pop. I was like, "These are things I would like to see Dean do. I would like to see him, you know, have this kind of power where he can just." appear, you know, like the demons we've seen them do, like Crowley does, you know, they just pop in, and mm-hmm. I'm really, really looking forward to things like that. I'd like to see that happen with Dean. Yeah, and can Dean smoke out? 
Yeah. See, that's the that's the question. Like, we've had, I've seen a lot of people talking about Dean still has the anti-possession tattoo. So is he now locked in? What? And I'm like, hmm. well, he's not locked. You know, I don't think he is a demon smoke kind of demon because mm-hmm. that that demon smoke was the sole the way I took it. The way I've always thought of it was it was I could be wrong, um, but I've always assumed it was the soul of the dead person who, you know, because we learned that demons are created in hell. And so I always assumed that was the soul of the dead person that had become a demon through hell. So Dean, his body and everything's still there. So I wouldn't think he would be the demon smoke kind of demon. Mm, yeah. And Cain didn't seem to be that kind of demon. So, right. yeah, I, I really don't know. I think I think this is a very unique kind of demon that works differently than the others. Right. And I keep thinking about um, what Cain said. Cain created the knights of hell. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, like, like I wonder if Cain's going to feel the need to bring them back, make his own kind of group. Or what if I don't he, know. What if he's going to make himself the one and only Knight of Hell, maybe? Or he could be Crowley's yeah. right hand man now. Um, what if what if this backfires on Crowley and Dean decides he wants to be the King of Hell? Right. Oh, how awesome would that be? <gasps> Dean, the King of Hell. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> At least for a little while. <laughs> I and I really do, I really do hope that Demon Dean lasts for more than just one episode. I, you know, I really want to see this. I mean, I don't want it to last all season. I don't want it to last forever or be permanent. But I, I really want them to to have some fun, you know, with this and let you know Jensen play Demon Dean for a little while. Even Jensen has said he would like to play Demon Dean. Which right. few at, episodes. At JibCon, yeah, a couple weeks ago, he said that, you know, he, he hopes he, that they get to, you know, play it out for a few episodes, that they don't rush it. So, yeah, I, I hope so, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And since they do have the possibility of making him human again, it's not like they have to look look for a cure. They have one. I mean, they... They don't exactly. know everything about it. They don't know everything about it, but they but they already have one, and it's it's a matter of and, of, and of Dean going through I it. And I wonder, yeah. will Dean Dean choose to go through it, or is Sam going to do, essentially do a a drill? Well, I'm sorry, Ezekiel kind of decision on Dean and just decide for him and say, no, you know, you're you're going back to human Dean to being my brother. And no matter what it is, if Sam better be the one to save Dean, you know, just, just oh, I better. Agree. <laughs> I agree. And I really, you know, when Jeremy Carver first came on to Supernatural, he said he had a three-year plan. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and the 10th season would be the third year. And I really honestly think that the whole reason that we learned in season eight about the demon cure was mm-hmm. to cure Dean in season 10. 
because otherwise there was really no point in it. You know, sure right. we saw sure we saw Crowley as a blood blood addict this season, but that didn't really change the storyline any. So, mm-hmm. I yeah, I I really really think that was the whole point in season eight was for it to work in season ten. That would be awesome. I I love that. I love that. Um, yeah. And then, of course, Dean coming back to being human and still knowing what he did as a demon because, you know, oh. Dean needs more guilt. Like, he doesn't feel enough. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, the- similar to poor Sam having to deal with kill- killing Kevin, you know, his, his mm-hmm. hands, his body um, killing Kevin. But And I, it's very similar to Sola Sam, the things Sola Sam mm-hmm. did, did, so... Yeah. Now, and another thing, Dean, speaking of Dean and guilt, he's had both both boys really, but but Dean just really brings the guilt and feels so bad and he's had to make every difficult decision and try to stay a hero. And like the one time he wasn't in hell, I mean, those were pretty extenuating circumstances. I actually want to see him enjoy being a demon and have some fun because that will be a part of Dean that we don't get to see very often and haven't seen that way. So I'd actually kind of like to see him and Crowley go take a howl at that moon just for a little while. Just have some fun. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No. I think it would be a big shock to Sam that it seems like this is this is great. <laughs> I like being a demon or, or you know, I could think what I could do with this and, and, and all that and it's kind of like, yeah, you know, he would be guilt-free for the first time in his life, you know, when he's, when he, because when you're a demon, you don't care. So, right. you know, he he may, you know, take advantage of him for the first time in his life. He, he doesn't have to worry about other people and worry about taking care of his brother and, you know, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... They're becoming human again. He spent he spent time as a demon, and I wonder if he'll have any other kind of perspective on it. On it, like Cass was a human for a while, and it changed his perspective when he went back to being an angel. So I wonder mm-hmm. if a Dean being a demon for a while would come back to being a human with a different perspective. Because we've talked about um, on the podcast over the past few seasons that Dean and and Sam don't take into consideration the human host much anymore as a demon. Right, right. So I wonder if that would change how he thinks again about that. That's a good question. I, I, I Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> We're asking lots of questions and we have absolutely no <laughs> answers. <laughs> none, none at all, none whatsoever. I have to say, though, um, again, I believe it was at JibCon. Yeah, it was. Um, Jared told how he would like for the season to start and to run. And I loved his ideas. If you haven't seen the video, um, go to YouTube and search because apparently it's okay to film videos at JibCon, so it's okay to look. Um, yep. So, so go to YouTube and search for JibCon, Jared's panel, JibCon 2014 and Jared Palace's panel. He tells a great story of how he would like for it to 
the season to go, he says he would go to, Sam would go to Dean's room and see him missing. And then it would be like season one where it was a search for John. This season, you know, the beginning of it and everything Mm -hmm. would be the search for Dean. And Mm -hmm. I really, really like that idea. I think that would be really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I don't want it to be too long because I really miss Sam and Dean together as as brothers. Oh, yeah. You know? Yes. You know, I, I mean, it's okay, fine, and I love that search. And it can still be about about them, even though they aren't necessarily in the same room, as long as it's well well written where they're still present, even though they're not physically there. I mean, I don't mind. And... I, again, here, I want them to get back to being really brothers again because they spent, you know, so much time last season, you know, angry at each other and misunderstood. And and it took all season to have Sam finally admit, I lied. You know, what's that about not saving me? Which, well, I lied. <laughs> and another great thing about that we learned at JibCon was that Jared came up with that line, I lied. Originally, it was that um, Sam said, well, I didn't know it would come to this. And Jared changed the line to I lied, which completely changes mm-hmm. everything. And I'm so glad he did change that. And, mm-hmm. it, it, again, it goes to show how well Jared and Jensen know their characters. And yeah. I, I, I love that so much. Yeah, it put a whole other perspective on it. And I think he also talked about not not liking that Sam and Dean were apart and weren't mm-hmm. talking and, and everything. And that's why he said, I lied. And he didn't like that they weren't being brothers. And yeah. that's really important to him, which I, I, just, I just love. And also a, a couple other things about that convention. I think, was it Jared or Jensen or both of them who talked about the the last scene where Dean is, is dying and Poor Sam is, is just sobbing. Of course, his heart is broken. His brothers died. And they picked the take with the least amount of crying for the yeah. episode. Yeah, And I'm yeah. like, I really would like to see those other takes. And I also wonder why they picked that one, because this is like the worst thing possible to happen to Sam. And, and he's very upset, and, and he is crying, but it's apparently nothing like the way it was, so. Right. We, I'd love to, you know, the, the people who make Supernatural, they know us. They know us. You know, they know who we are. They know we want to see all the crying, you know. So give us yeah. the maximum well, amount of crying. <laughs> well, Jeremy Carver says in The Monster at the end of this book, <laughs> the book publisher says, you know, we like you know, we like them when they cry, you know. <laughs> right, so, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, you don't want to see it like it loses its impact, of course, if you do it too much or too often or, or, or in too many episodes. But that's certainly an appropriate moment, an appropriate scene, and we haven't seen Sam cry over Dean in a year. <laughs> so no, I think that no. would have been a, a good choice. So I don't know. And the other interesting thing I read to come out of Jib Khan's was um, someone asked Jared about how Sam 
didn't we didn't see anything from Sam's point of view. And I bring it up because we talked about that a lot on the podcast this season where mm-hmm. we just didn't mm-hmm. know what was Sam thinking. And Jared hadn't quite realized it, but that once somebody pointed it out, he, I think he thought about it and thought, you know, you're you're right. And he said that once he kind of like, you know, molded over, he would talk to the writers about that. So yeah. I think that's awesome. <laughs> I do, too. There were so many good things to come out of JibCon. Another one, I love that um, Jared said that one of his favorite moments, uh, and he had just rewatched the episode when they had, um, he had gotten iTunes, he had um, bought the finale on iTunes so he could watch it while they were over there in Rome. And he um, also looked to see what other older episodes he had, and he rewatched season three, uh, the name is escaping me at the moment. With Gordon, when Gordon becomes a vampire. Oh, and, fresh, fresh uh, blood. Yes, and he said his one of his favorite moments was when Sam tells Dean that he wants his brother back just because, just because. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, so do we. That's one yes. of our favorite moments too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know, and I'm like, you know, and and I think if if they'll listen to anybody's suggestions about writing the characters, certainly the writers would listen to Jared talk about Sam. I agree. <laughs> you know, and so I, what I'm thinking, how how I'm thinking, season ten might start out as the first four episodes would be Sam and Dean apart. You know, trying to. Mm-hmm. Get together or they're fighting or something. And then season five, because it'll be the 200th episode, I'm thinking that might be the episode that they we finally get Sam and Dean back together. I, you know, I, That's just mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. I think it would work mm-hmm. out really well that way. I don't know, but that's what I'm thinking. Well, well that's that's a good plan. I'm, I'm up for that. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> well, I but but you know four episodes apart is, I think it's a good amount. It's not too many where you're starting to like you know get upset or annoyed that they're apart, but it's not too few because you really want to explore what's happened to Dean and Sam going through this with Dean being a demon. So I think that's a good amount. And the two hundredth episode has to be something special. I mean two. 100 episodes yeah. of Supernatural. And yeah. this time, with that milestone, I mean, they had 100 episodes and they got a little celebration. But I think this time, the CW and Mark Pedowitz, because he really knows and appreciates Supernatural so much that they'll get an even bigger celebration, I hope. And I hope so. it would be, yeah. So I really hope they'll really do something. Special, not just within the episode, but for the cast and, and crew, who I think quite a few of them have been there for 200 episodes. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of, you, good, yes, exactly. It's a good, uh, <laughs> good way to segue into our <laughs> Summer of Supernatural 200 episode celebration. <laughs> uh, we. We are. We have a project going on. If you haven't heard already, um, you can go to our website, winchesterbros.com, and check it out. Uh, we're celebrating a summer supernatural with 
the 200 episode celebration. Uh, how we're doing it is the month of June, we're celebrating the writers. Um, if you go to our website, you'll see more information. What, you, what we're doing is we're sending the writers postcards, um, thanking them for you know, 200 episodes of the story of the Winchester Brothers. Um, and how much supernatural means to us, and you know, just giving them, you know, giving them love and telling them how grateful we are. If you go, if you go to the website, you'll see it. There's a link for an email. Um, you would email us at summeropspn10 at gmail.com. We have um, postcards in our gallery that you can go to and choose which postcard you like, and then email us at that email with your message. And we will send it for you that no matter where you are in the world. You don't have to worry about international postage or anything. We've got it covered. So, you know, just check us out and, you know, send us a message there and we'll help you out. If you would like to help pay for postage, that's awesome. We would appreciate it. We, you can also um, PayPal donation to the same email address. And then in July... We will be celebrating the Vancouver crew and cast. Um, so we, in July, we will be sending down postcards. And we also have a couple other things planned that we'll be doing for them in July. And then in August, we are going to be celebrating the fans. Um, we're going to be having some uh, really good giveaways, going to give away some prizes. Uh, we're going to also have some other fun little interactive things going on in August. So check us out. Feel free to, uh, we'd love for you to participate. Send us postcards. We want to let everybody with Supernatural know how much we love and appreciate them and thanking them for 200 episodes. Yes. It's an amazing achievement and definitely a cool project. And something to get through hell atus. (laughs) Yes. Definitely. With something worthwhile. And speaking of Helatus, we are also going to try and get through this Helatus with um, more podcasts. Uh, we, we noticed that we, we've only done like podcasts of one, season two episodes. So we, start, we kicked off our summer of podcasts with um, this one with Lindsay where we talked about uh, In My Time of Dying as well as our other episodes. So throughout the summer we'll be podcasting other season two episodes. So you, um, you can watch out for those. And then I also want to mention, uh, we have been talking with Genevieve Padalecki. Um, you might know her as Ruby from Supernatural in Season 4. <laughs> also, she's married to that guy, um, that big tall guy. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, that one Wait, tall guy Jason. with the hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something Jason. like that, yeah. Jane. He's oh, that, Jared, that big it. tall guy. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That big tall guy with the pretty hair. Yeah, um, fantastic hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, she and her family are participating in the Brain Injury Association of California uh, walk in July to raise money for the Brain Injury Association of California. It, it helps um, bring awareness to um, those with brain injuries and also um, helps those who might not have insurance and that sort of thing to pay for their, you know, their care. Um, I don't know if you, if, you know, a lot of people may not know, but Genevieve's sister Sarah experienced 
a traumatic brain injury last year. She's doing much better, thank God. Um, but this has gotten her family more involved with this, uh, with this situation. And so we're working with them. Um, we will be posting some um, auctions soon, hopefully maybe Sunday. I'm hoping that's the day I'm, I'm looking for. And it will, will include something really, really cool from Jared and Jen. So keep an eye out for that. We will be posting them as soon as we can. Awesome. Very exciting. And any other news? Anything else? Ah. Uh, I've been working so much on that fundraiser and uh, 200 project. Uh, I can't think of anything else. Uh, Jim Michaels' um, Kickstarter um, went through. Um, the one that he was working on for the Sultana, which I was really glad to hear that Jim Michaels and Jim Beaver work on it, along with Sean Astin, who you may know from The Goonies and Lord of the Rings, and my favorite movie, Encino mm-hmm. Man. Um, that's mm-hmm. my favorite Sean Astin movie. Um, but mm-hmm. I was really excited to see that that um, Kickstarter um, went through and they raised all their money because I'm really interested in the Sultana. So if you haven't... Um, you don't know anything about it, look it up. It's, it was a, a ship um, from the Civil War that sank and 1,600 souls died. And it's a really interesting story. So I'm looking forward to seeing that movie once they've got it filmed. Mm-hmm. Cool. And for any other news or any other updates, and especially about the fundraiser for Jen's sister and the new things coming, please um, follow us on Twitter at Winchester Rose uh, and Facebook, also Winchester Rose, and our website, winchesterrose.com. You can also find links to all our podcasts there, including lots of really wonderful interviews, um, starting with Jensen and working your way down and back and forth and all over. uh, And uh, you can also subscribe and yeah, I'm so lucky with yeah. our guests. Along, you know, like with Lindsay today, and then we've had guests. For those that you, this may be your first time listening to us, um, check us out. Um, we have a link to all of our podcasts on our website. You, we've had guests like Jensen has been on our show, Misha has been on our show, Jim Beaver has been on, uh, Felicia Day, Osric Chow, uh, you know, Lauren Tom. I mean, Guy B, Ivan Hayden. There's just been so many. Jim Michaels, mm. it's just crazy. And yeah. we just- Taran, Taran Fahir, uh, Jan Eliasberg, yeah. another director, uh, Mike Roll has been on. And mm-hmm. if, if you're really, if anybody's really interested, um, our, our very first podcast interviews were with the writer, director, and producer of Ten Inch Hero, Jensen's movie, and also Danielle. And they tell lots of great stories about um, Jensen and the movie, and it's really and it's it's a it's a very long podcast. Um, it held the record for length until our our season finale roundtable this year, which which was three <laughs> hours. And I I think this uh, the Ten Inch Hero one went uh, two hours, two hours and forty five minutes. I think it was pretty long. But anyway, it's it's all the way back. But we have lots and lots of. Um, other interviews over the seasons and also the episodes as well if you want to go back and check those out. Um, they're on our website 
or you can go to blogtalkradio.com and search for Media Boulevard or way back when, Winchester Radio. So, yeah. That might be a good um, way anything? to get, might be a good way to spend the latest by listening to our podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they are downloadable, so you can take them with you or walk with them or drive download with through them iTunes. Or anything like that. Yes, yes. Um, Oh, oh, are the t-shirts? Are the t-shirts? Oh, right, we are. Yeah, we we do. There's, uh, I think, 10 days maybe left on our exclusive um, Supernatural Hunter, Demon Hunters t-shirt. If you go to teespring, T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G dot com slash Winchester Bros 2, the number 2, um, we are selling an exclusive um, shirt from designed by Freakster, who is amazing, and she was also one of the winners of the Supernatural Design co- uh, Competition. Uh, we're selling another of her designs, and the proceeds go to help us with our website costs. Um, so check it out. <gasps> Thank you, Jeannie Kennedy, for reminding us. Another person that... Um, Kevin Parks is doing his ride to conquer cancer in honor of Kim Manners. Thank you for reminding us um, mm-hmm. that um, he has reached his goal, but let's help him. He's reached his goal of 10,000, but he's looking to try and get to 15. So, you know, if you're looking to help um, donate to a great cause, um, you can donate to him. We have, uh, we've been tweeting his links, and you can also go to his Twitter, Twitter uh, SN Kevin and Jill, I think is his Twitter account. He's a wonderful guy. He's Supernatural First AD, and he's also directed a couple episodes. So it's a great cause. Check him out. Yeah. Definitely. Supernatural people do lots of great stuff. Really cool stuff. Yes, they do. Yes. Um, is, is that it for tonight? I think it is. I think it is. Okay. Yeah. It's tonight for us, so some of our listeners it's already <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep. Um well thank you everybody for listening tonight. Uh we had a great time talking with Lindsay McCann who played Tessa the Reaper, Tessa the Angel, even Tessa, who knows? <laughs> we talked about all her incarnations, but um she was a lot of fun and we really appreciate her being on. Thank you to everybody who listened to us tonight and um, will be downloading us and listening to the future. That's how you hear it. We really appreciate it. Lots of good stuff coming this summer. So uh, keep in touch. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Bye-bye.